Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 6. Saviors of the Train. Part 4. It seemed to her that they had been standing there for hours and hours holding those silly little red flannel flags that no one would ever notice. The train wouldn't care. It would go rushing by them and tear round the corner and go crashing into that awful mound, and everyone would be killed. Her hands grew very cold and trembled so that she could hardly hold the flag. And then came the distant rumble and hum of the metals, and a puff of white steam showed far away along the stretch of line. Stand firm, said Peter, and wave like mad. When it gets to that big furze bush, step back, but go on waving. Don't stand on the line, Bobby. The train came rattling along very, very fast. They don't see us. They won't see us. It's all no good, cried Bobby. The two little flags on the line swayed as the nearing train shook and loosened the heaps of loose stones that held them up. One of them slowly leaned over and fell on the line. Bobby jumped forward and caught it up and waved it. Her hands did not tremble now. It seemed that the train came on as fast as ever. It was very near now. Keep off the line, you silly cuckoo, said Peter fiercely. It's no good, Bobby said again. Stand back, cried Peter suddenly, and he grabbed Phyllis back by the arm. But Bobby cried, no, not yet, not yet, and waved her two flags right over the line. The front of the engine looked black and enormous. Its voice was loud and harsh. Oh, stop, 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 cried Bobby. No one heard her, at least Peter and Phyllis didn't, for the oncoming rush of the train covered the sound of her voice with a mountain of sound. But afterwards, she used to wonder whether the engine itself had not heard her. It seemed almost as though it had, for it slackened swiftly, slackened and stopped, not twenty yards from the place where Bobby's two flags waved over the line. She saw the great black engine stop dead, but somehow she could not stop waving the flags. And when the driver and the fireman had got off the engine and Peter and Phyllis had gone to meet them and pour out their excited tale of the awful mound just round the corner, Bobby still waved the flags, but more and more feebly and jerkily. When the others turned towards her, she was lying across the line with her hands flung forward and still gripping the sticks of the little red flannel flags. The engine driver picked her up, carried her to the train, and laid her on the cushions of a first-class carriage. Gone right off in a faint, he said. Poor little woman. And no wonder. I'll just have a look at this here mound of yours, and then we'll run you back to the station and get her seen to. It was horrible to see Bobby lying so white and quiet, with her lips blue and parted. I, I believe that's what people look like when they're dead, whispered Phyllis. Don't, said Peter sharply. They sat by Bobby on the blue cushions, and the train ran back. Before it reached their station, Bobby had sighed and opened her eyes and rolled herself over and begun to cry. This cheered the others wonderfully. They had seen her cry before, but they had never seen her faint, nor anyone else, for the matter of that. They had not known what to do when she was fainting, and now she was only crying, they could thump her on the back and tell her not to, just as they always did. And presently, when she stopped crying, they were able to laugh at her for being such a coward as to faint. When the station was reached, the three were the heroes of an agitated meeting on the platform. The praises they got for their prompt action, their common sense, their ingenuity, were enough to have turned anybody's head. Phyllis enjoyed herself thoroughly. 
She had never been a real heroine before, and the feeling was delicious. Peter's ears got very red, yet he too enjoyed himself. Only Bobby wished they all wouldn't. She wanted to get away. You'll hear from the company about this, I expect, said the station master. Bobby wished she might never hear of it again. She pulled at Peter's jacket. Oh, come away, come away. I want to go home, she said. So they went, and as they went, station master and porter and guards and driver and fireman and passengers sent up a cheer. Oh, listen, cried Phyllis. That's for us. Yes, said Peter. I say, I am glad I thought about something red and waving it. How lucky we did put on our red flannel petticoats, said Phyllis. Bobby said nothing. She was thinking of the horrible mound and the trustful train rushing towards it. And it was us that saved them, said Peter. How dreadful if they had all been killed, said Phyllis. Wouldn't it, Bobby? We never got any cherries after all, said Bobby. The others thought her rather heartless. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road. 